So let me know if this sounds familiar. You're dealing with somebody. It could be a friend, a family member, romantic partner, a coworker. You're picking up on some vibes that this person is not happy, but they're not really letting you know in a direct manner. And instead, this aggression is leaking out in sort of more subtle ways through their actions and words. So what's an example of that? I'm sure we've all had this happen. Somebody starts talking and it almost sounds like at first like they're giving you a bit of a compliment. But then by the end of their sentence, there's like this subtle insult or dig kind of like built into the compliment. And you're kind of left in this confused state. You're like, well, was that a compliment or was that person actually insulting me? So if any of this stuff sounds familiar, you're not alone. This is called passive aggression or passive aggressive behavior. And there's a lot of this going in our culture. So at its core, it is definitely a manipulation technique. And it can kind of range, sort of like a spectrum, right? It can range anywhere from subtle all the way up to like extremely toxic. Basically, a person that's passive aggressive, you know, they might want to be aggressive. They might want to be direct. But for whatever reason, I'll go into more of what those reasons could be in a minute, they aren't able to do that. They aren't able to be direct. Maybe they're scared of looking bad. You know, nobody wants to be that aggressive, crazy person. Maybe they're scared of triggering somebody. Maybe they're in a relationship with somebody who is really easily angered or triggered. So they're always trying to deliver, you know, they still have these issues and problems that they would like to voice, but they maybe can't say it directly. So they, so they allow these things to come in in these other backhanded ways. It seems like passive aggressive behavior sort of is born out of this it's almost like a coping mechanism for feeling helpless. And I think that's why you frequently see it in situations where you have a subordinate and a superior. So you'll see it a lot with kids and their parents. I think passive aggression is also used frequently to avoid confrontation. A lot of people are scared to bring their issues forth, their problems, especially with their family, their romantic partners, and they don't wanna lose that relationship or jeopardize that relationship. Passive aggression, I think, also comes out when people don't want to enforce their boundaries. So rather than being direct, though this is my standard, uh, you're crossing my boundaries, please don't do that. It's like they sort of get uncomfortable. They know their boundaries are being crossed, but they don't want to say it. And then it's like this subtle anger and aggression kind of comes out in some other way. Passive aggressive behavior can kind of come in two different categories. And it's sort of the level of toxicity of these techniques. So those two categories are unintentional kind of passive aggressive behaviors or malicious passive aggressive behaviors. So malicious is purposely doing some of this stuff to achieve some kind of a goal. And I'll go into more examples of that. The unintentional flavor of passive aggressiveness is sort of done by these people who are afraid to say something, they're afraid to stand up for themselves for whatever reason. It could be for valid or invalid reasons, but they're not doing it intentionally in a malicious way. So I wanted to differentiate those two types because you will experience both types. And in my opinion, the malicious passive aggressive behavior, those people, you really gotta watch out for those people because it's, it's extremely sly. It's just, it's just like deceptive is what it is. It's just like a snake. But without further ado, let's jump into how to recognize passive aggressive behavior. So the first one on my list is the silent treatment. So the silent treatment, when referring it to as a passive aggressive manipulation technique, it's when somebody is using their silence to let you know 
that they're upset, that they're mad, that they're angry at you. They might give you the cold shoulder. You might walk in the room and say something and they just ignore it. They don't even say anything in, re in response. The point is to ruin your vibe, to make you feel pain because they're in pain. And so another way this can kind of come out is stonewalling. And they might not be completely silent, but they're not engaging in conversations. They're dismissing your ideas, ignoring you. You might say a bunch of stuff and they kind of just give you a grunt. So I wanna tell this one little story that I heard. So I actually heard this audio recording. It was from a really strong overt narcissist that they had found and they recorded this guy and they did like an interview, but they made it anonymous so that, you know, he wasn't being exposed. So he was really talking quite freely and he was talking about what he would do to his partner. So, you know, they were going on in their lives and he started to notice that if he pulled out the silent treatment and ignored her in certain ways, that she would almost turn towards him and give him more attention, you know, pour the love onto him to try to make him feel better. And so he started doing this intentionally. It wasn't even that there was anything wrong. He just liked the attention. He liked the, the way that she responded to him when she was in pain, essentially. So in this interview, he talked about how at first, you know, he would just do it for the afternoon and he would sort of enjoy that attention that she would give back to him. And then he wondered, well, you know, could he do it for a day, two days, three days? And eventually he got to the point where, you know, he was doing this to her for like a week at a time, putting her in this horrible place as she tried to fix the relationship. You know, I completely relate to that. I'm the type of person that, if there's a problem, I want to fix stuff. And so if somebody forces me into that place and won't let me out of that place, it feels almost like torture. And so that's that malicious type of passive aggressive behavior that I mentioned before. Other people will do this silent treatment, sort of more of that unintentional passive aggressive behavior. They don't really have the tools or they don't, they just don't really know how to voice their opinions and, and the, the issues and problems that they have. So they kind of just go into the silent treatment and almost as a way to like, you know, hopefully you figure it out. You figure out why I'm mad, right? Silent treatment is a terrible thing and a clear example of passive aggressive behavior. So the second way to identify passive aggressive behavior is the backhanded compliment. And I kind of briefly mentioned this in the intro, but a backhanded compliment can be kind of like sarcasm with a subtle dig or insult in it, or it could also be a compliment sort of with a, a hidden insult. So what's an example? It could be something like, you look great for your age. So, you know, the sentence starts off as a compliment. If they ended after you look great, it's a compliment, but then it's like for your age. If we kind of took the age out of this, you're not looking so great, right? So you're kind of left like, mm, do I look great? Do they think I look great or do they not think I look great? Or something like, you know, I really love your new hairstyle that you got. I really like that better than the old one. Wow, I really wish I could let my kids watch TV all day like you do. I'd have so much more time to do the things I wanna do. So number three is withholding. And this could be things like withholding privileges that would otherwise be normal. So now suddenly your kids wake up and let's say you always make them breakfast. And then today you just sit at the table and you don't make them breakfast. And they're sitting there going, okay, well, normally dad makes us breakfast and he's not doing it today. So like, what's wrong? But it could be anything. It could be withholding anything, time, money, sex, you know, or any type of behavior that you normally do as sort of just for free. So the fourth passive aggressive behavior that I want to mention is evading 
issues that need to be discussed. And this can be done in a couple of different ways. Number one is like rug sweeping. It's like somebody who never will address a problem. They will just sweep them under the rug and pretend like everything's fine. But under the surface, these problems are sort of still there and they're probably eating at the relationship, but this person doesn't want to deal with it. So another type of evading is the denier. They might claim there's nothing wrong, but then they're like slamming doors and acting in certain ways that, you know, clearly there's something wrong, but yet they won't talk about it. So number six, one that I particularly despise is learned helplessness. Learned helplessness is basically somebody pretending like they can't do something in an attempt to send a message that they don't really want to do it. So let's give an example. Let's say I ask my roommate to sweep the floor and this person just does a terrible job and the underlying hope is that if they do a terrible job that you won't ask them to do that anymore and now they don't have to sweep the floor anymore. I think you see this a lot in romantic relationships where men are like, oh, I can't cook and then they like, they burn this dinner and then, you know, everybody in the house is like, well, I don't want that guy making dinner again. So now he doesn't have to make dinner anymore. Or like, let's say he's cleaning the bathroom and he just does a really bad job. It's, it's something that's kind of funny to me. Like I know guys that will go to work and build really complicated, they're like an electronics engineer building really complicated circuit boards, incredibly complex. But then they come home and pretend like, you know, they can't make a simple stir fry for dinner. That right there is an example of learned helplessness. It's like, you know that they're capable of doing it, but they choose to be bad at it so that they don't have to do it. This one is really tricky. And it actually takes a really critical eye to actually identify somebody who's actually not good at something and somebody who is sort of partaking in this learned helplessness. Like on one hand, they're like super smart and capable, but then the next minute they're like really dumb and incapable. You know, like that, that right there is a red flag. So number seven kind of falls into that malicious category, I think, and it's lateness when it's used as a weapon. So let's say if you agree to meet somebody at some place at a certain time and they show up an hour late and they kind of walk through the door, they're not really stressed out, they're not, you know, sorry. They don't apologize for being late. And the, the general thing is that they want you to know that, you know, you don't control them they'll show up when they want, or maybe they're upset at you for some reason, and it's like their way of getting back at you. They wanna punish you in some way. So number eight is gossip, and I'm sure we all know what gossip means, but I think really the key to gossip being malicious is really who you're talking to. Like if you're talking to your therapist or you're talking to your significant other and you're you know trying to work through some feelings, I mean, I, I personally don't think that is gossip. Where it becomes malicious is when people They'll just talk to everybody and anybody. And the point is to ruin this person in some way. It's almost like a smear campaign. Often these people will use like subtle manipulations or subtle lies, or they'll leave certain information out to make the situation seem worse than it is. And now you've got this army of people who have all this true information, and then they'll almost go back and attack that person. It's a horrible thing, and in, in certain cases, Gossip, it's almost like a culturally acceptable way to be passive-aggressive, especially in relationships or when relationships end. It seems very common for people to tell everybody all the dirty secrets from this person and sort of, sort of try to ruin that person's reputation or that person's name. 
And even if that person did do some stuff, let's say, let's say there was some bad stuff going on in that relationship, it still should be dealt with in a different way than just trying to slander a person behind their back. So the ninth passive-aggressive technique I want to mention is the forced busyness technique. It seems like many people aren't able to actually say no or they don't want to do something. Hey, would you like to come with me to do this? Rather than say, no, actually, I don't want to do that. They'll say, oh, I'm just too busy. I've got too many things going on. And I would say that's a very subtle, somewhat harmless way to use that passive-aggressive technique. But it can be used in worse ways. Let's say, you know, you've set up this dinner with your family. You've got your significant other is supposed to come with you. And at the last minute, you know, they, let's say they delayed some important work and now they have, you know, three hours of work and it's already 8 p.m. and they really have to work on that for the next day. So they could have done the work earlier in the day and then come to the dinner. But now, conveniently enough, they're too busy to do it. I would say that that is a more extreme version of the forced busyness because it's almost like a planned thing. They sort of plan this busyness to conveniently pop up at the exact moment that they have to go for dinner because they don't want to go for dinner. And all of this is to avoid just saying, I don't want to go for dinner with your family, which of course might cause an argument. I think in the end, the passive aggressive behavior is worse for the relationship than just voicing the problem and possibly having a disagreement or an argument about that issue. So number 10, and this is one that I feel intimately familiar with in my past relationships. It's when a person just ignores or doesn't prioritize things that are important to you. Like let's say there's something really important to me, something that I really need to get done by a certain date, and they will purposely put it off, put it off, not deal with it, not prioritize it, almost as a way to be like, you know, that's not important to me. Like, don't bug me. So the 11th way you can recognize passive aggressive behavior is when somebody just does something that they know that will piss you off. Like, let's say you're just an overworked mom at home. You got three kids and you just sort of make a rule. You're tired of doing dishes all the time. You make a rule. Can you please put your dish in the dishwasher? But now as soon as somebody is upset, or angry, let's say, and they just leave their dish on the counter just to bug you. Sort of like they know it's your pet peeve, so they'll do it just to piss you off. So last passive-aggressive technique I'm going to mention today is disguising control as concern. So let's say somebody doesn't really like something that you're doing, and rather than them say, you know what, I don't like that, I wish you would make a change in your life, they instead act concerned about you in some way and almost try to trigger your empathy to try to make you change in that way instead. So what's an example? Let's say in a relationship, one person just really likes to eat out a lot and the other person's kind of pissed because it's costing them a lot of money. Rather than that person saying, you know what? We're eating out too much. I don't want to eat so much. I want to save some money. I think we can try to make some more meals at home. They might try to disguise it as a bit of a concern. They'll be like, well, you know, I'm just really concerned about your health. I think that you're... You know, we're, you're eating out so much and you're eating so much restaurant food. I just really don't think it's that great for you. And I, I wonder if you should consider, you know, eating at home more a little often. So on the surface, it sounds kind of nice. It's like, oh, this person's concerned about me. And it turns out the real reason is that they want to save money, but they didn't want to say that or they don't want to sound cheap or whatever. 
So I've noticed a trend in myself the last few years, and I've kind of developed this zero tolerance policy towards passive aggressive behavior. Sometimes gets me into a little bit of trouble, but my general policy is now, if I experience passive aggressive behavior, I will call it out immediately. I'm not going to be a people pleaser. I'm not going to like rug sweep that and then think about it for, you know, four days afterwards. Oh, what was that? You know, was that person mad at me? I just literally call it out right now. And at its core, like, what is that? I'm basically demanding a level of directness in my relationships in my life at this point. I have no interest in having relationships with people that are being passive aggressive to me or being indirect or not voicing their wishes in a direct way. I would encourage you to practice being direct. Confront issues. People might not be happy with you for doing that. They might call you a bitch. They might, you know, think you're aggressive. They might be, they might call you scary. Just ignore all that. If you are a people pleaser and you want to stop doing it, this is one of the best ways to practice is just to be direct and actually speak your mind. You know, don't get upset. Don't fight people. But try to be diplomatic, but firm. If you guys have any questions about this or comments of your own, or maybe you got some other example of passive aggressive behavior, I think there's lots of them. I picked out my favorites here, but there's probably like 50 more. Thanks for joining me for another video. Much appreciated. Hope you guys have a great day. Bye.